Well, hello everyone. Today is June 24th, 2020, Wednesday evening. My name is Byron Howell, and I hope everything is going well with you today. I know it's been a little bit since I've posted or done any kind of live video. We've had a lot going on. My mother-in-law moved to town. We were on vacation for a bit. But, uh, but I've been thinking about you guys a lot. Uh, so thankful for those of you that like the Byron Howell Ministries page. And, you know, we'll just have to see what God wants to do with all of that. But, you know, right now, just the season that we're in, God's putting a lot of things on my heart. Definitely been praying a lot. Just been, I mean, we are in the middle of one crazy season. And I tell you, you know, no matter which side of the fence you're on, no matter how you feel about all these things, you know, I hope we can admit that there's never been a season like this before in our lives and, and things are changing. I mean, there is a major, major upheaval in the natural realm, in the spiritual realm. And, and I got to be honest, guys, I, I'm concerned. I'm concerned for the future of our country. I'm concerned for the future of our world. You know, at times I find myself agreeing with everybody, and at times I find myself not agreeing with anybody. And I think it's just a very hard time, you know, to, to see where we are and where we're going to go forward as a country. And again, I believe that's true, really, no matter which side you're on. But, you know, as I come to the Lord with this situation, as I come to God and say, God, look at everything that's going on. There's so much strife in the world. There's so much hate in the world. There's no, just doesn't seem to be any unity. Even in the church, I don't see any sense of unity coming out of the church or the body of Christ as a whole. I don't see that coming out right now. And, and so I go to God, you know, and, and when I run, I run when it's outside and it's hot. And, and maybe this was a little bit of like early heat stroke that was hitting me today. But I really just felt the Lord say some things to me today that, that I'm supposed to share with you tonight. And here's the key. And here's fundamentally what I believe God is saying to me and that he wants me to share with you. No matter how crazy it gets, no matter how bad it gets, no matter how, you know, if you're on one side of the fence, maybe you think it's good. Maybe you think these massive changes in the riots and all that, maybe you're happy about it. Look, I'm not going to get into all that tonight, but all I'm saying is no matter what happens in this world, nothing can abrogate the promises of God in your life. And so I want to spend a few minutes right now because this is what God's saying to me. And I believe he's saying it to a lot of people. Don't worry about what's going on right now. Don't worry about your future. Don't worry about your provision. Don't worry about your children. Focus on the promises that I have for you in my word because nothing can abrogate those promises. I don't care if there's a complete shift in the government, in society, in the culture. I don't care what happens. There is nothing that can abrogate the promises of God in your life. And that's what God wants me to focus on. He wants me to keep my faith in him and not in society, not in the economy, not in anything else. And I know that's true for you. So let me read you this definition of abrogate, all right? Abrogate means to abolish by formal or official means, annul by authoritative act, repeal, to put aside or put an end to. And let me say it again. No matter what happens out there, even if the whole world goes crazy, even if the whole economic system falls, nothing can abrogate God's promises. Nothing can put an end to God's promises in your life. Nothing can stand in the way of God's promises in your life. And so let's talk about these promises a little bit. Now, look, look, the promises of God are sort of easy to understand. 
When you read the Bible, if you spend any time reading the Bible, I mean, pick up Psalms, pick up Matthew, Mark, especially in the New Testament, Ephesians, all the promises of God. They are easy and they sound great. God promises health. God promises, you know, financial, um, you know, increase and financial, um, you know, really, you know, People get all hung up about this, but the bottom line is God wants you satisfied, sufficient, content, so much so that you can be generous with others. That's what God wants for your finances. I don't care who told you otherwise. That was a lie from the pit of hell. God wants you financially satisfied so much so that you can be generous with others and it can bring glory to God. That's the biblical truth. That's all there is to it. That's what God has for your life. But so my point is, as you read the Bible, you will see promises that God will protect you, that God will guide you, God will lead you, God will heal you, God will bless you. It's all through the Bible from start to finish. But here's what we have to understand. In the, in the Hebrew covenant, in the old covenant, those promises were conditional. They had to be earned. They were earned based on your behavior. But that's not true for Christians anymore. Let me read you this verse. And let me just say, this is an extremely important verse. 2 Corinthians 1.20. For no, how, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. 2 Corinthians 1.20. No matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. Here's the point. Jesus lived the perfect life. He became entitled to all of God's promises. He became entitled to all of it. And because he did, now we are also entitled. Listen to this next verse. This is Galatians 4, 7. I want to put this together a little bit. Wherefore, you are no more a servant, but a son. This is what happens when you become a child of God. When you become a Christian, you become one of God's children. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. When you become a Christian, you become a child of God and an heir of God through Christ. All right. And so we say, okay, all right, great. I'm an heir of God. Well, what am I going to inherit? Well, there's actually, if you read the Bible, there's a number of things you can inherit, including the kingdom of God. But let's talk about the promises. He says, this is Hebrews 6.12. Be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. The promises of God are something that becomes our inheritance immediately the moment we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So now let's talk about what it means to have an inheritance. You see, most Christians, and I'm stealing this analogy, but it's a good one. Most Christians come to God with prayer like you would go to a bank for an unsecured loan, all right? Dear Mr. Banker, please examine my credit. Examine my honor and my integrity, the likelihood that I'm going to do right by you, and please, Mr. Banker, give me some money. See, that's how most people approach God. God, God, I've been to church. I've read the Bible. I've done this. I've served here. I've been on a mission trip. Please, God, give me something. But that's the total wrong way to approach the promises of God as a Christian because they are already your inheritance. A better analogy is, I, I think of it this way. When I have something in my fridge, let's just say it's a bottle of water. When I go up to that fridge, I'm not going to ask anybody's permission. 
I'm not gonna tell anybody. I'm gonna take what's in my fridge because it belongs to me. And I want to admit that this is radical thinking, all right? But the promises of God are exactly the same way. They are your inheritance. That's exactly what the Bible says. You don't need to plead with God based on your integrity, based on your character, how many times you go into church, how much you put in the offering plate. None of that matters. You can't earn anything from God anyway. Nothing. You could. You sure couldn't earn your salvation, and that's the greatest gift you'll ever receive. How could we think? How could we even attempt to earn anything else? No, they are all our inheritance. Christ earned all the promises for all of us. Praise God. That's the whole point. It's supposed to be a promise so we can just take it through faith and patience. How do we have faith? Well, we take his word for what it says. It says he wants to heal me. He wants to heal me. Says he wants to bless my business. He wants to bless my business. Says he wants to take care of my kids. Then that's what he wants. We come to the word of God and we say, all right, Lord, I see this promise. I see what you have for me in your word. I know that it's mine, not because of what I did. I didn't earn it. I couldn't earn anything, but because of what Jesus has done for me. Now I take it right now. Now let's go back because the world's gone crazy. I mean, there's a lot of craziness right now. And I'll be honest, there are some of you that have experienced this to a far greater degree. I mean, there's job loss, there's market turmoil. I mean, some people, whole, whole industries are being significantly disrupted. I mean, if you just look at some of the foreclosures and the bankruptcies and all of that, I mean, look, look, I'm praying that we come out of this situation totally, quickly, complete restoration. That's what God wants. But, but my point is, a lot of people are experiencing very difficult circumstances, not just financially, but, but you know, family, kids, travel, all sorts of very difficult things going on. And here is what we need to do. We need to keep our eyes on the promises of God, which are our inheritance. And it doesn't matter where we live. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. It doesn't matter what's going on in the government. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters other than what this Bible says that God has promised you. Because as a Christian, these promises are yours. So, so here's what I need to do personally. I need, when I'm tempted to fear, when I'm tempted to worry, I need to immediately shift my thinking over to the promises of God. Look, look, that's not easy. And I'm not trying to say that I'm an expert at that. But that's what we have to start doing. Remember, the Bible says that we take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That's what we need to start doing. No matter what that negative thought may be, I'm going to take it under control. I'm going to say, no, I'm going to focus on what the Word of God says. I'm going to focus on the promises of God. And I am going to believe that no matter what the situation is, the promises of God are still operational in my life because nothing, no man, no system, no government, no disease can abrogate the promises of God in my life. Now, let me just read you a, a verse. This is Jeremiah 17, 7. Someone might say, oh, Byron, that's Old Testament. Hey, it doesn't matter anymore. Jesus obtained all the promises for us. Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. This is for us right now in this environment whose hope the Lord is, 
For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters that spreads out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat comes, shall not see when the, the, when the famine comes, when the job loss comes, when whatever comes, I'm not even going to worry about it. But her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful. That's another way of saying worried. I won't, I'm not going to be worried. I'm not going to be anxious. I'm not going to be fearful. In the year of drought, neither shall cease yielding fruit. No matter what goes on in the world, when my hope is in the Lord, it's like I will not experience famine. I won't experience drought. I can receive my sustenance from God other ways, and I will not cease yielding fruit. Right? This is what God has for us, that we are totally immune to the negative situations in the world when we're trusting in him and looking to him. Let me read some more promises. I just got a few more that I think, you know, look, this will bless you. This will help you. Focus on the promises of God, especially if you're in a particular situation where you're, you're tempted to worry or you're going through hard times or maybe your business has suffered a great disruption. Listen, it says, Philippians 4, 4.19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, now let's just say that word need. Many people translate that word need as bread, water, rags, and a shack. That is not what it means. That is far from what that verse means, that God's just going to supply you with basic sustenance so that you can continue existing in, in you know, a very low state on, in this earth. No, that's not what it means. What it really means is my God is going to supply every single thing you need to accomplish God's plan for your life. And how? How is he going to supply it? according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I mean, that that's quite a standard right there, right? So so when I go out and I look to God to supply for something, I'm not going to say, you know, God, I need some food. Please just, you know, some, I don't know, loaf of cheap bread or some whatever, can of beans, something like that. Not that there's anything wrong with those things. But my point is God wants to supply big time abundance, so much so that we can be generous and bless others so that they'll give glory to God. Look, here's another verse. Isaiah 54, 13. All thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. I tell you, I'm personally concerned about what does the future for my children look like? What does the scholastic system look like? But look, look, I'm thrilled if your kids are thriving at your home learning situation. That that's not my children. All right. They they need a hard teacher. They need a structured environment. They need some serious discipline. But look, what can I tell you? That's just my kids. I love them. But, but look, I'm concerned. What's going to happen in August? What's going to happen next year down the road? But I'm going to focus on the promises of God that great shall be the peace of my children. Great shall be, that's the word shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken. Guys, I encourage you to get in this word. There, from Genesis to Revelation, there are promises that God has for you. And one of the amazing things Jesus did for us is he earned them. Through his perfection, his perfect life, he earned these promises. He became entitled to them. And now we are a joint heir of God with Christ when we come to God through Christ. We become an heir of God. And all of these promises are yes and amen to us, just as we saw 
I love this verse. This is Psalms 119, 140. God, your promises have been thoroughly tested. That is why I love them so much. Guys, we need to focus on what God promises and we need to have faith. God, I know it looks crazy out there, but I trust you that I'm gonna be like the tree that, that doesn't experience drought, that I keep bearing fruit, I keep prospering, I stay healthy, my kids stay whatever they need, tuition, school, you name it, whatever they need, that God, you are going to continue to be my source, you are going to continue to provide for me. You know, the Bible says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. That That is gonna stay true for me no matter what happens in the world, I'm going to focus on you and I'm going to live in your promises. Glory to God. Guys, I want to encourage you. That that's Look, look. I hope you got something out of this. That's as much for me as it is for anybody. I'm going to keep my mind disciplined on the word of God and I'm going to see his promise. I'm going to inherit these promises and I'm going to pray that you do the same. Guys, I love you. God bless you. Have a great night.